Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to jump into the message now. Is that okay? It's time to look at the Bible for a few minutes. Uh, If you have a Bible, who has a Bible here with me today? Hold your Bible up in the air. And we're going to talk about our Bible. If you look at your Bible... Turn it on the side, and most of your Bibles will probably not just say the Bible, right? They probably say Holy Bible. Does your Bible say Holy Bible on it, if you have a Bible? That's the the good kind, as opposed to just the Bible. Most of them say Holy Bible on it. And now, the word holy is an adjective. It's a descriptive word. And the word holy, when we say the word holy, it means set apart and sanctified. And I want to talk for a few minutes today about the Word of God. We're going to talk about the Bible today, and uh, we're going to talk about how it is a holy book, how it's set apart, how it's sacred, how it's not the newest John Grisham novel, how it's not some Stephen King book, how it's not Michael Crichton, how it's not some Sue Grafton novel. These are all authors, in case you're wondering who I'm talking about. The Holy Bible is the Word of God. And we're going to talk about this book because as a believer and as a follower of Jesus, it's part of, well, it should be your heart to open this book up and read it. And I want to teach you a phrase today that should be a common phrase you use. Are you ready for this phrase? You know, are you ready for this phrase? Okay, the phrase is, the Bible says. The Bible says. Should be a phrase that you use. The Bible says should be a phrase that you run to often. We're living in a day and age, and we we talk about this frequently, we're living in a day and an age where everybody and their dog is literally trying to give you their opinion about what you should believe, what you should think, what you should get behind, what you should support. Some of those things are great. Some of those things are demonic. And in all of those things, great or demonic, you need to be able to say to yourself, the Bible says this. And you can't do that if you don't find yourself reading this book. This book should not be something that you only open on Sundays. This book shouldn't be something that when your church calls a fast and you have a Bible reading plan that you open and read at that time. This book should be something that you find yourself in some way or another in all the time. Aren't we having fun? (laughs) This book isn't just for preachers and pastors to read. It's not just my job to open this book and figure out what it says and tell you about it. That's part of my job. It's part of your job as a believer to open this book, to find yourself in it, so that everywhere you go, in every conversation you're in, in every situation, in every debate, in every news story that you're hearing, in everything the world is telling you, you are able to say, the Bible says this about that. Am, am I way off base on this? Robin, am I, like, is this heresy? 
I'm close. No, I am not close. (laughs) This is the word of God. And so we live in a day and an age where I want to say this to you, where you're in a war. Did you hear me? You're in a war. You're not just living life, happy, clappy, great rainbows and unicorns. You are in a war. Cheryl, you're in a war. Johnny, you're in a war. Jessica, you are in a war. Not just a battle, because a battle is won, won and done. Somebody wins, somebody loses. You're in a long-term battle. And the weapons of the enemy is this. He uses lies. John chapter 8, I think verse 44 talks about, here's it there, it says, this is Jesus talking, he says, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now here, hang on a second, it says, he has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of all lies. I want to tell you this. All the enemy has is lies. That's all he has. So all the things that you believe in life that you shouldn't believe are all founded when he brings things to you that are not lining up to the word of God, they are lies. They're lies. And what our weapon is, is truth. It's a battle of lies. It's a battle of truth. And you find your truth where? I'm sorry, where? Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. And it lists off all of this defensive clothing that you put on. And at the very end, it lists off your offensive weapon. And it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is your weapon. This is what you use to fight the lies of the enemy with. What does that mean? It means you crack this thing open, and when a lie comes to you, you're able to say, but the Bible says. You're sick and dying. No, I'm not. The Bible says I am healed by his stripes on the cross. You're broke. You've got no money. You've got nothing. No, the Bible says that I pay my tithe and the devourers rebuke for my sake. And if I bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing from heaven so great that I won't have room enough to receive it. I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. The Bible says... So when the enemy brings lies to you, your weapon is this. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 talks about the word of God. And it says the word of God is alive and powerful. The New King James says that it is active. It goes on and says um, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God. This is your weapon. You're living in a day and an age where you've got to know what the Bible says so when the newsman stands up and says this and this and this or the school board stands up and says this and this and this and this or your doctor stands up, by the way, and says this to you or whoever, your spouse stands up and says this to you, you're able to stand up and say the Bible says this. It is. So go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to start here and we're going to read 
a few verses together. Second Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 to 5, and then we're going to jump, jump down to verse 14. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, you should know this, this is Paul talking to Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. You should know this. In the last days, there's going to be very difficult times. Does anybody feel like you're living in difficult times? We're living in difficult times. It's not like it used to be. I wasn't alive in the 50s, just to be clear. <laughs> but I mean, like everything you see about the 50s looks like it was pretty, pretty cool, pretty easy, pretty simple. 2022 is not easy and simple, is it? There's subtle nuances in, on everything. I just saw a news story yesterday. Listen, listen, I have, I have quit reading the news. But um, whenever I have to go Google something, I open Google up, and there's always headlines right there. It's the way they do things now. And so I, we're going to Disneyland in like three weeks. I can't wait. And all of a sudden, Google knows that I bought tickets to Disneyland, and so all of my news stories are now about Disney. Disney this, Disney that. And so I saw this headline that said, Disneyland is thinking about changing its name. And I was like, what? And so, I of course, I had to click. I fell for the clickbait, and I had to click on the story <laughs> to find out why Disney was changing their name. And so they're talking about how they're, they're thinking about dropping the name Walt from Walt Disney World and Walt Disneyland because there was things in, in Walt Disney's past that are now coming to light that, that may not be suitable to today's standards. Can we just all agree once and for all that we can't judge things from the past off today's subtleties and nuances? Can we just agree on that? You wouldn't judge anything else that way. You can't go back 70 years into the past and say, you know what, uh, this person believed that in the 70s. You know what, everybody believed that in, in the 50s and the 60s. And so they're talking about how they're beginning to um, think about changing Walt Disney to just, they're going to drop his name off of it, get rid of it, be done with it. And so, listen, we live in a day and age where everything is difficult. Where everything you say and do is judged and watched, we're living in difficult times. There are difficult choices ahead of us. There's difficult days ahead of us. And I'm telling you right now by the Spirit of God that more than ever before, you've got to read this book. It's not just for your moms and dads to read. It's not for your grandma and grandpas to read. This book is for you, and in this book is life. There is life in these pages. We just looked at Hebrews 4 that says the Word of God is alive and powerful. Powerful. It is active. It's at work. If you need some understanding in your life, open the Word of God. So he says, the last days will be very difficult times. For people, and I want you to listen to this. I want you to really listen to this description he gives of the last days. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be postful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. Didn't we talk about being grateful and thankful last week? Mm -hmm, we did. They, can, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will all be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. 
Stay away from people like that. You know what? If you take a second and just pause and think about what Paul is writing to Timothy, Paul's not talking about people who don't know Jesus. Paul's talking about people in the church. Paul's talking about the church. He's talking about you and me, people who sit in church. You're like, well, how do you know that? Well, first of all, he goes on to talk about these people and calls them teachers. But if you look here, he talks about how in verse um, 4, how they will love pleasure rather than God. Well, people in the world don't love God. They don't know him. Then he goes on and says, they're going to act religious, but they reject the power that could make them godly. Well, who acts religious but rejects the power? People who come to church but don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's talking about in the last days, there will be people in the church who look and act like this right here. And he goes on and says, don't be around them. And then he goes on, we're going to jump down to verse 14, and he tells us how to not become those kind of people. Now, I don't know about you, but I sure hope none of us here want to become like people in this list. Anybody here want to be like somebody in that list? You're like, oh, yes, that's exactly what I aspire to be like. I want to be uh, loving only myself. Mm-mm. And I want to love my money, too. Mm, I want to be boastful. I want to be proud. No, none of us want to be like that. If you're here, for the most part, it's because you desire a genuine, authentic, real relationship with Jesus Christ where you're changed and transformed. And that doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings. That happens every time you open this word of God. That happens every time you open your heart and pray and ask Jesus some questions and talk to him about what you're dealing with in your life. It happens every time you surrender and submit yourself to him. Verse 14, I can tell you guys are having so much fun, so we're going to get into this a little bit. It says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know they're true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture. Everybody say all scripture. scripture. Say all scripture scripture. is inspired by God. Oh, you didn't have to say that, but I'm glad you're paying attention. (laughs) All scripture is inspired by God. Listen, we're living in a day and age, I want to tell you this, where people are pulling apart the word of God. Where they're saying, I believe this part, but I'm not going to believe that part. I'll take this piece, but I'm not going to take that part. Listen, the Bible says right here, Paul says to Timothy, all scripture, all of it, from cover to cover, is inspired by God. And that word inspired means that it's God-breathed, that it's God-destined, that God was speaking to the authors as they wrote it. It wasn't Paul writing these things. It wasn't any other person. It was the Spirit of God writing these things through the authors. So when you read the Bible, you know that it comes straight from God. So it's true. So that means what? It means as a believer... As a follower of Jesus, as somebody who calls him not just your Savior, but your Lord and Master, that you don't get to pick which parts you believe and which parts you don't. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
The whole thing. It's all the truth. Every word of it. All scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Wow. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the word of God. And he's telling us, he's telling Timothy, but he's also telling us what the word of God is for. What the purpose of the word of God is for. So if we see here, I want to show you, we're going to look in here and there's five things out of this passage that we see about the word of God. And the first thing we see here is that it leads you to salvation. Right? In verse number 15, it says, It's given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. That comes from you opening the word of God and reading it for yourself and seeing what the Bible says. The word of God leads you to salvation. He gets it. Was that Elliot or King? King. Let's go, King! Somebody's with me. The word of God leads you to salvation. The next thing we see is that it's inspired by God. All scripture, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. You want to know what the word of God says about homosexuality? Go read the Bible. You want to know what the Word of God says about abortion? Go read the Bible. You want to know what God says about your gender? Go read the Bible. You want to know what the Word of God says about your marriage? Go read the Bible. You want to know what the Word of God says about your health, your mental state? You want to know what the Word of God says about anything that is happening right now in history? Go read your Bible. Hebrews says it's alive and powerful. It's alive and active. What does that mean? You're not reading a dead book that doesn't apply anymore, that doesn't fit your situation or your circumstances. You're reading a book that is alive and still meets you where you're at today. And it's still going to meet you in 20 years from now when you're going through different circumstances and different scenarios. You've got to use this book and get it deep down inside of you. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word... I've hid in my heart. That means that you tuck it away, that you stuff it down in there, that you get it inside of you so that when you're in the middle of a mess, when you're in the middle of a storm, you've got something that comes out of you that you can stand on and say, but the word of God says this. The Word of God leads you to salvation. It leads you to Jesus. The Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's inspired by God. And every word of it is true. Every word of it is true. Every word of it applies to your life today. And it will apply tomorrow. And it will apply to your life in as many days that you have left. Okay? Let's keep going. We're almost out of time here. Somebody's talking too much. I don't, know, I don't know who it is, but man, this person's just chatty Cathy up here. All scripture in verse 16 is inspired by God 
and it's useful. Say useful. useful. It's useful. Yep, useful. <laughs> it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. The Word of God teaches you the truth. The Word of God teaches you the truth. And it goes on and says, and it shows us, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. The Word of God, when you open the Word of God and begin to read it, it will begin to point out things to you in your life that need to change, that need to line up with His standard. Listen, this is your standard. As a follower of Jesus Christ, this is your standard. This is it. Not the news, not the government, not your mom and dad, not your school board, not anything else that you may think, this is the standard that I guide my life by. You listen to all those things, you can listen to those voices, but then you take those voices and what they're saying, and you say, now let's line them up with here, and let's see what this says, because at the end of the day, this is the one that I run and rule my life by. I don't rule my life by what the government says. I don't rule my life by what the doctor says. I rule my life by what this book says. Now, I'll, I can listen to those voices, and sometimes they've got great things to say, and they're helpful, and sometimes they do line up to the Word of God. But let me tell you, when those things do not line up with the Word of God, then you need to chuck them out and say, I'm not listening to that voice. This is the voice that I listen to. This is the voice that I guide my life by. This is the voice that guides my marriage. This is the voice that guides my finances. This is the voice that guides my health. That all the choices I make, everything I do in my life is guided and ran through what is said in this book. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. As you read this book, you are reading God. You are looking at God, and you are judging yourself. You are judging your life. You're judging your circumstances, and you are aligning them with what the voice and the spirit and the word of God says, and by nothing else. <laughs> Okay, we're, oh, we're really almost done. Hang on. So, it corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. It teaches us to do what is right. Then it goes on and says in verse 17, God uses it, the word of God, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You want to know how you're supposed to do every good work? By finding yourself in the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to speak truth to you in your circumstances, by the allowing the Word of God to correct you in your life where you may be getting off course, where you may have some weird thinking, where you may begin to believe some things that don't line up to the Word of God, and then as you open that book and you begin to read it, the, the voice of God says to you, hey, by the way, your thoughts about this don't quite line up with what I'm saying. And you say, oh my God, I need to get back in step with the Word of God. I need to get back in line with what this book says because that's how I get equipped and trained for every good work. Do you want to do some good works in the kingdom of God? Do you want to do them in your own power and your own might or do you want to do them with His strength and His grace and His ability? (laughs) Wasn't a trick question. (laughs) Go with me to Psalm chapter 19, where we're going to finish here. And I want to show you, I want to show you five things about the Word of God from Psalm chapter 19. 
Psalm chapter 19 is a psalm of David. My goal today is that when you leave this place, that maybe if you never had one, you have a newfound desire and hunger for the word of God in your life. That you begin to align yourself with what the word of God says. We truly are living in a day and an age where you can't allow yourself to be tossed around by everybody else and their opinion. Everybody has an opinion. And if you'll allow them, they'll take the time and tell you their opinions and their beliefs, which is great, cool, awesome, enjoy it. It takes a lot of time, I'll tell you that much. But at the end of the day, you've got to have a standard that you run everything through. And as a pastor, a big concern that I have is what we call biblical literacy. And that just means that people aren't reading the Bible like they used to. People my age, people almost in the joy group, and people older, we grew up with a strong foundation. If you grew up in church, You grew up with a strong foundation that you read the Word of God, that you hide this Word in your heart. Me and Pastor Jenny went to a small Christian school, and we we had, it was awesome. (laughs) The best experience ever. (laughs) But the one great thing about that school was you had to memorize a lot of Scripture. Right, Steve? Steve was there with us. (laughs) And you had to memorize a lot of Scripture. Every month, we had like a chapter that we had to memorize, which was, seemed like impossible when we were kids. And then we also had like all these verses in our books that we had to memorize. And that was great for us because years down the road, that word is still hidden in your heart. And so when you butt up against circumstances in your life, suddenly something comes out of you other than, oh man, This is the worst thing ever. We might as well all roll over and die. But the Word of God says, no, hang on a second. The Bible says this. The Bible says this about that circumstance. And it's hidden in our heart. But what's happening is people under my age are starting to do two things. One, just not read the Word of God anymore. And two, they're beginning to deconstruct it and tear it apart. And begin to say things like, well, this part is all just allegory. This part is all just poetry. This part isn't true. We can't trust this part. And the the downfall of that is if you begin to start saying, well, this part's true and this part isn't true, then where do you stop? And if you can't trust any of it, if you can't trust one piece of it, then you can't trust any of it. And we just looked at, in 2 Timothy, what Paul said The Word of God is inspired by God. You can trust every piece of it. So what concerns me is a generation growing up after me and taking the reins in the world that doesn't have a foundation, that doesn't have an understanding, 
of the Word of God. Man, I'll tell you what. Oh, listen, I'm almost done. I know I'm over time, but hang on a second. I love it when Jaden gets up and shares in our five for fives because that dude is like a machine. He gets up here, and it's like you press the play button on him, and all of a sudden, something happens, and scriptures just begin to rocket out of that dude's mouth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you heard Jaden speak? It's amazing. It's a picture of somebody who's gone through some stuff, who's had to work through his own things in his own life, his own issues. And what Jaden has chosen to do with the help of his parents is hide that word of God inside of him so at a flip of a switch, it just begins to roll out of him, begins to come out. And it doesn't matter what's going on. Jaden's got that word on the inside of him. So when he's in the middle of it, there's something he could stand on. All of us here need to have that. As a pastor, I just want to tell you, if you're not reading your Bible, start reading your Bible. Start reading your Bible. All right, we're going to finish here. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. Here's five things about the Word of God. Here's five things that the Word of God will do for you. Besides the things that we just read in 2 Timothy, it says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Do you need some insight in your life? Anybody here need insight in their life? Oh, you got all the answers? No, if you need insight for your life, the Bible says right here, the commands of the Lord are clear. Where do you find the commands of the Lord? Oh, right here. Surprise. Guess what? It's in this book. The commands of the Lord are clear. The last half of verse 9 says, The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Listen, if you need uh, your soul to be revived, it's found in the Word of God. If you are simple and need some wisdom, listen, we can all be simple sometimes, can't we? Let's just be honest. Sometimes we're a little simple on some things. The Bible says, the Word of God, right here it says, The Word of God makes the simple wise. Well, that's exciting to me. I need lots of wisdom. Goes on, it says, it brings joy to your heart. It gives insight for living. The word of God is true and it is fair. Stand up with me. I don't know if I did a great job communicating what I was trying to communicate today. What I was trying to communicate is that you need to read your Bible. I need to read my Bible. We need to hide that in our heart. We need to combat the lies of the enemy. We're all in a war. You're in a war. And your frustrations and your fears and your anxiety and depression and sicknesses and mental issues and physical issues and financial issues and marital issues, all those things, the enemy comes and he brings these lies to you and he says, oh, your marriage is never going to be fixed. You might as well get a divorce right now. Your spouse will never change. Your body is sick and broken. You're going to be dead in six months. You're broke, man. You're just broke. You got no money. Nobody's going to help you. God can't help you. You might as well give up. You might as well go live on the streets. You might as well go do this, that, or the other. You want to get out of depression? 
depression? That's not going to happen. I'm going to make you depressed forever. He brings these lies to you, and you have to combat these lies. You've got to fight this war. You've got to fight what the enemy uses with truth, and the truth is only found in the Word of God. And if you have no truth, if you have no Word of God, you are standing there with nothing to fight back. And you're taking blow after blow after blow, like Rocky always does until like round seven of his fights. Who loves a good Rocky movie? I love a good Rocky movie because Rocky always gets the soup beat out of him. And then somewhere towards the end, I don't know what's wrong with that dude. Something is definitely wrong with him. But he just gets beat around until the very end, he begins to stand up and he begins to start swinging. But what I want to say to you today is don't be a Rocky. You don't have to get beat up for seven rounds. You're able to pull out the Word of God and say, but the Bible says, but the Bible says, but the Bible says this about my life. The Bible says this about my destiny. The Bible says this about, I wasn't a mistake. I wasn't born on accident. I wasn't the product of a one night stand. Well, maybe I was, but that wasn't God's intention. He's got plans and he's got purposes for my life. The Bible says that he knit me together in my mother's room. The Bible says that before I was formed, he had plans and purposes for me. My point today is to read the Word of God. Hide it in your heart. Caitlin, hide it in your heart. Crack it open. It's not just a pretty thing that you have as a Christian and put it on your coffee table so everybody knows that you have a Bible and you are a Christian. And, and look at me. Look at my nice Bible. Put it over here so when you come for coffee, you know that I'm a spiritual person. Oh, yes. Coffee. Ugh, have you seen my Bible? I'm so spiritual. I'm pretty sure the Lord would love it even more if you took that Bible off the coffee shelf and you read it till it was tore up and nasty and the pages are all dog-eared and marked up and when you leave it on the coffee table, people look at it and say, oh my Lord, what is that? Well, that's my Bible and it's tore up and it's messed up and it's rolled up and it's crinkled up and it's highlighted up and it's got markers and sticky tabs. When you look at Pastor Jenny's Bible, this just grates my flesh. She puts sticky, sticky notes in her Bible that like tear the pages. I'm like, oh man, what are you doing? But it's how she remembers things. It's how she like makes notes for herself. Do what you gotta do, but get that word on the inside of you. So when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, got something to stand on. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you for your word that always brings truth. It always brings life. Father, I ask right now that your words that you spoke today, I ask that they find a home in our hearts. That that word falls on good ground. And that we begin to water it so that it produces good fruit in our lives. Jesus, we're so thankful for who you are and for what you've done and what you continue to do. I ask that you continue to speak to us. Father, I ask right now that you put a desire on the inside of each and every one of us. If, if, if we haven't been reading your word, if we've put it off on the shelf and we've let it get dusty and 
We've allowed somebody else to give us their opinions and we've used somebody else as our standard. God, I ask right now by your spirit that you begin to stir something up fresh and new on the inside of us. A hunger for your word, a desire for your word, a passion for your word, that we become people of the word of God so that we're able to say in every circumstance, but the Bible says this, your word says this, and I'm gonna stand on you, I'm gonna stand on your word, I'm gonna put my hope and my trust squarely on you. I don't care what it looks like, I don't care what the circumstances say, but Jesus, I'm standing on your word because I read it in the Bible and I know the word of God is true. Father, stir up a hunger on the inside of us. Stir up a passion on the inside of us for more of you and more of your word. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Let's take a song and take a second. Let's sing our song. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.